There hasn't been a case quite like this one. There are many record labels out there, all dishing out some form of music medium. However, there hasn't been a label that did everything in-house, its own directive, its own studio band, pushing out the artists of top quality as quickly as a car factory. Today, we're going to look at one of the most interesting cases in the music industry, Motown Records. Motown Records had many homes, but had one distinct owner, Barry Gordy. From humble roots, Barry started off as a songwriter for local Detroit groups like Jackie Wilson and the Matadors. Eventually, one of those songs, Lonely Teardrops, would become a minor hit. But much like many of the low-grade songwriters out there, Barry thinks he got ripped off not earning as much money as he thought he did. However, with the money that he earned from royalties, as well as loans from family and friends, Barry summed up the amount of $800 to put in his own record label, a business venture where he thought he would earn a lot more money than just being a songwriter. That label would be called Tammy Records, inspired by Debbie Reynolds from the movie Tammy and the Bachelor. But upon realizing that Tammy was already used, he switched it to Tamla's Records. Tamla's Records would sign the Matadors and would have them change their name to The Miracles. Their first minor hit with Tamla would be the song Bad Girl, which would be distributed locally with the Motown imprint, but with the chess label nationally. The lead singer of the Miracles, Smokey Robinson, another soon-to-be major R&B Motown artist, would become the vice president of Tamla Records. But in addition to this, Barry was also Nepotic hiring multiple family members into his company. In that same year, with the same $800 Barry would save, Barry would purchase a photography studio that took up the back of his house, retrofitting it into a recording studio and moving it into the second floor. In just seven years, Barry would also own seven other properties that would become Joe Beat Publishing Office, Barry Gordy Jr. Enterprise, the Finance Department, Artist Personnel Development, and two houses for admin space and finally a management office. In 1966, Barry would have 450 employees working for him and earning $20 million a year. During its similar time span from 1961 to 1971, Motown had generated 110 top 10 hits coming from artists like The Supremes, The Four Tops, The Jackson 5, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, The Marvelettes, and of course, The Miracles. In this decade of Motown dominance comes two main phases of Motown. The musical style drastically changes. During the early days of Motown, many of the songs were dominated by the songwriting troupe of Hoitzer, Dahlin Hoitzer. This consisted of brothers Lamont and Brian Doiser with Eddie Holland. They had created the classic pop tunes of My Girl, Stop in the Name of Love, Baby Love. Take a look at that last song, Baby Love by The Supremes. Mm -hmm. 
Motown writers would keep to the principle of the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. Baby Love is not an exception. Using a simple melody as the backbone which flows throughout the song, pretty much it's the only melody in the song. Inspired by gospel, this idea of call and response can add much needed depth in a simple song like this one, but not withholding an overtly added complexity which would take away the KISS method. Also take note of the content of all the songs written in early Motown. It mainly consisted of love, if not all of the songs. Now in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't make much difference as a majority of the songs in music are about that very topic. But comparing it to later years of Motown, it becomes quite significant. In addition, the topic of love is easy to understand, not overly complex. Everyone can relate to it, keeping true to this idea of the KISS method. Now moving almost a decade later, Motown becomes an entirely different beast. Groups like The Temptations, far from their hits of classic songs like My Girl, their sound, the, the Motown sound was, was going stale. In comes another major writer, Norman Whitfield, who had already wrote for groups like The Temptations with Eddie Holland. We can already hear the difference begin, but you can definitely hear the contrast with songs like Cloud Nine and Papa Was a Rolling Stone. They became more complex, more rhythmic, much more inspired by psychedelic rock, funk, taken from groups like Sly the Family Stone. Not only this, but lyrics changed drastically during Norman Whitfield's tenure. Pairing with the writer Barrett Strong, the lyrical content would become much darker, a much more darker setting. With the song Cloud Nine, discussing the issues of heroin addiction. However, Motown would not only have a plethora of producers and writers, but a group that would forever keep every song down. The Funk Brothers, a group of rotating session musicians that was the backing band of most of the songs in Motown. And just like the writers and producers, these session musicians would contribute their own creativity to continue to develop the sound of Motown. To create a more in-your-face sound, the Funk Brothers would conduct a technique of overdubbing. By using two instruments instead of one to record on top of each other, this technique would be used more on percussion, and even on some occasions, like on Marvin Gaye's I Heard It Through the Grapevine, would use a set of three drums. The session musicians, writers, producers, Motown would utilize all of these to make an efficient operation of artist development. At the time, there needed to be a breakthrough for black artists to enter into the white market. Even in past decades, jazz artists would prove to have the same difficulty with only a handful of artists to make the white market, like Duke Ellington, and especially the known one, Louis Armstrong. But Barry would want to change that by implementing much like what we see with K-pop stars, to not only develop the sound, but the ways artists presented themselves. All in all, Motown became one of the most dominant figures in pop music, creating decades worth of creativity and being the forefront of musical development. I'll see you later, you guys.